Today is Monday, November the 13th, 2023, and this is a Daily Inc. update. Five military personnel have died after an aircraft went down in the Mediterranean Sea. The aircraft was part of a training exercise, according to the U.S.-European Command, and the downing of the aircraft was not part of any hostile activity occurring in the Middle East. The crash occurred on November 10th, and an investigation is underway. Speaker of the House Mike Johnson is offering a two-step plan for passing all of the government spending bills and avoiding a government shutdown. Johnson is calling it a laddered continuing resolution. The first part extends the current government funding for certain programs until January 19th. The second part would extend the funding until February 2nd. This would avoid a shutdown while also giving Congress more time to work on their spending bills, which have not yet passed. It's very unclear if Democrats will get on board with Johnson's proposal since they don't want any spending cuts done to the 2023 spending bills. Some Republicans are indicating a hesitancy to join Johnson in this plan because they're concerned about spending cuts being taken off the table in order for this CR to be approved by Democrats. Over in Georgia, there's a lot still in the works when it comes to the 2020 election and issues of election integrity. Last week, the news came out that two lawyers assigned to a case to defend the state from a lawsuit coming out of Voter GA have now asked to be removed from the case. That lawsuit from Voter GA is seeking to lay hands and eyes on 150,000 ballots for inspection since they were identified as being irregular regarding paper that was used, as well as the filled-in ovals that appeared to be done by a printer rather than a human hand. A judge recently decided that this case would move forward after Voter GA appealed to a higher court. Now, in another case, a district judge has ruled that a trial against Dominion Voting Systems can move forward. Judge Amy Totenberg issued a 135-page ruling in regards to a lawsuit that was filed before the 2020 presidential election. It was filed back in 2017, and the plaintiffs in this case are seeking to completely remove the Dominion Voting System and move to hand-marked ballots, citing that Dominion Voting Systems have cybersecurity flaws. The judge set a date for a January 9th bench trial. There will be no jury. The judge said that the two sides must reach a resolution, but she she also noted in her ruling that she cannot order the state legislature to move completely to paper ballots, even if the plaintiffs present compelling evidence to support their claims. The plaintiff's attorney, David Cross, says that he is looking forward to presenting all of the evidence to the judge and obtaining critical relief for Georgia voters. The actor on a Netflix series called Tiny Pretty Things revealed over the weekend that he has been diagnosed with brain cancer. Barton Cowperwaite is only 31 years old and has a stage 2 glioma. He says the only path forward is brain surgery. In past reports here, I have featured the audio of many doctors who have testified to the increase of tumors, cancer, strokes, and heart attacks in the past two years, ever since the release of the COVID-19 vaccine. And just a few weeks ago, I featured for every day of the week, a discussion between scientists who tested the plasmid contents of the COVID-19 vaccine and found not just DNA fragments, which is bad enough since they're not supposed to be there, according to pharmaceutical statements, but DNA fragments of the SV40 strand, which has been labeled a cancer activating DNA. So I'm not going to belabor this point. I'm just going to tell you another person has announced that they have a brain tumor and they're very, very young. 
Last week, I also featured a massive report coming from the House Judiciary Committee on the weaponization of government. The report introduced the whole concept of the industrial censorship complex and listed some key players from within educational institutions like Stanford University and government agencies that operate under the umbrella of the Department of Homeland Security. Here is independent journalist and best-selling author Michael Schellenberger breaking down a government agency promo video that was introducing the whole idea of government partnership with other institutions in order to make Americans safe from disinformation or misinformation. Hi, my name is Renee Duresta, and I'm the research manager at Stanford Internet Observatory. Today, to kick off this session, I'm going to be talking about the power of partnerships. Now, I want to stop with that. That, So this is about the power of partnerships. What she's referring to is the censorship industrial complex. That's what partnerships are. The partnership in this case is between the Department of Homeland Security Organization, CISA, the Cybersecurity Infrastructure uh, Security uh, Agency, and these particularly these four groups, Stanford, University of Washington, Atlantic Council's Disinformation Forensics Lab, and Graphica, which is a research organization, supposedly a research organization. Those four groups are basically being subcontracted out by the U.S. Department of Homeland Security to demand more censorship by social media platforms. That's what she's describing here. And I view this video as a way to sort of normalize this process of government censorship of social media platforms. There's an argument that's that's occurring right now where people say this is totally fine. Governments have a right to tell the platforms that they have an opinion about what they should have on the platforms. And while that's technically true, when you have politicians, including the President of the United States, simultaneously threatening to take away their license to operate in the form of Section 230, when Congress is actively um, considering taking away Section 230, and it's all happening behind closed doors, secretly, between these four groups and the social media platform executives, it's a secretive censorship process and has to be understood as that. This is not happening out in the open. I think the videos, which of course nobody sees, nobody knows of, they don't publicize, they get created to sort of say, hey, yeah, we were, we were transparent about it, even though everything that they're describing in here that they were doing to pressure the social media platforms to censor more was done secretly behind the scenes without any public transparency or visibility for what they These national story updates have been brought to you by Open Inc., a website that is a repository of documents for those who like deep digging, critical thinking, and true journalism where the facts speak for themselves. Up next, a preview of what is coming and what is available on the Open Inc. website. Catherine Engelbrook of True the Vote is now free to talk about the nine-day trial that just wrapped up in the state of Georgia. True the Vote was being sued by Stacey Abrams and her organization known as Fair Fight, along with a former Hillary Clinton lawyer, Mark Elias, and the U.S. Department of Justice. Engelbrook will be talking about this case, as well as the overall trials and tribulations of trying to wake Americans up to the problems with our election systems and our processes. She'll be talking live on onwardsocial.locals.com, and that'll happen this Monday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Speaking of Georgia, and as was mentioned in the earlier national report, there is another case moving forward that involves voter GA and the 150,000 ballots that need to be inspected for discrepancies from the 2020 presidential election. That issue was first brought to the attention of voter GA by a Fulton County election worker, Susie Voiles. Now, there's a lot going on in that county. Have you noticed 
Other election workers are backing up Voyles and her claims. And, and here is Voyles talking at an election integrity town hall about the suspicious ballots. This was all covered by Real America's Voice. I've done this for a long time. I've seen ballots. I've seen, um, I- I've touched ballots. I've felt ballots. The first thing that struck me, though, wasn't the way the ballot was marked. It was how clean these ballots were. And that's where the word pristine came from, because I, that, that was the only word that came to me. I said, these are so clean. These are pristine. And I was running my hand over them, and I, I said to my partner, Barbara, I said, Barbara, look at these. These, these are almost immaculate. And then I noticed on the bubble that was for Joseph R. Biden, there was a slight eclipse, but I could tell these had been printed. And then as we went through this batch of 110, which should have only been 100, 107 of them all had this little eclipse for Biden. The next thing I saw was I started glancing down the ballot and Every vote on every ballot, both sides, even soil and conservation, was exactly the same. What about the referendums? They were exactly the same. What are the chances of that? I'd say that's a statistical impossibility. I've done this forever, and most people forget something on a ballot. And they all voted for the same thing. Biden, Ossoff, Warnock, soil and water amendments, it was all the same. Everything was the same, and they were obviously... Pre-printed. They tried to tell me the things that they were, but I knew that they weren't that. They couldn't have been adjudicated ballots. These were pre-printed ballots. We will certainly be keeping our eye on this case as it develops, and any new audio or information coming from Voyles or any other group will be sure to feature on the next Daily Inc. Thanks for listening to this Daily Inc. update. Thank you.